This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Good everyone, it's Kate here. Welcome back to our Brain Injury Hawks Bay radio show. Every 15 minutes, someone in New Zealand experiences a brain injury. Brain injury can have a profound impact on the person, their whānau and the wider community. Brain Injury Hawke's Bay offers advocacy, support, information and education to all those that are affected by brain injury in our community. Our goal is to ensure that those experiencing the challenges of brain injury can easily access the appropriate supports required to live full and independent lives. Part of this goal is to provide education to our community in an effort to reduce the impact of brain injury. Well, I am very excited today to be joined by my colleagues Desiree and Katie. We have had the great privilege of attending a brain injury conference recently um, last week, um, which covered a whole number of topics for us. We came away challenged, inspired, uh, with questions answered and and more questions raised for us. So I'm excited to be joined today to have a bit of a discussion about that conference. Um, Katie, is there something that you want to tell us about what you got out of the conference? Sure, thanks Kate. So yeah, I really enjoyed the opportunity um, to be a part of the conference, go into sessions, workshops, lectures about a range of topics to do with brain injury. Something that really stood out for me was a session called It Takes a Village and that was about stories from partners, parents, peers and carers of people who have had a brain injury and also some stories from people themselves who had experienced a brain injury. So by attending these workshops, it just... Enforced with, reinforced with me the importance of personal and social support for individuals with brain injuries and for their carers. Um, the, one of the words that, that stood out was hope, and hope comes from seeing what is possible for people with brain injuries to meet others on a similar pathway, to be able to build connections and break down barriers, and that's something that we try and do with our peer support groups anyway, but it's just a reminder for us to, that we're on the right track and um, to keep working towards that because people with a brain injury are best placed to relate to other people with a brain injury. Um, and so what we try and do with our peer support group is to, and our whanau support group as well is to create safe spaces for them, uh, a place where they can feel comfortable and not judged. And so, I mean, that was really um, exciting for me to see some of the things that other groups do and to know that we're on the right track and providing that those opportunities for the people that we work with. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing, Katie. Um, I think the the similar thing resonated with me from one of the one of the people that shared their lived experience with a brain injury um, and the difficulties with our brains being inside our heads. So we can't actually see them. And and he said there was a time I wished I was in a wheelchair so people could see my injury. And I found that really impactful because um, so often we, we're seeing people with a brain injury, you know, come come into our office and, and come and talk to us that actually out in the community other people don't know you know they're going into shops and these shop assistants don't know that actually they're living with an injury so to have that space where they can meet together and and relate and connect is is there are no words really to describe the the impact of that Desiree how did you find the conference yeah that was good so the same things resonated with me, Kate, um, especially, I think, sadly, was when I attended the COVID-19 session and I didn't realise the 
impact COVID-19 had on, on our clients. And I think the statistic shocked me when they told us that a third of people with COVID has brain injury. And when they linked that into family violence, it sadly showed why, it sadly showed why some of our families were starting to come in. Um, where the families are now broken. We've got families no longer living together. We've got families that, due to safety reasons, because the person that's living with the brain injury cannot sustain or cannot restrain their behaviour. And it's really not a choice they're making. Our people with brain injury have the impulsivity and it was humbling to hear from the clients or from the people with lived experience that what was happening for them in that this wasn't choices they were making. Mm-hmm. And so I think Brain Injury Association, I feel quite privileged in that when we work alongside our clients and our family, I've got a new perspective now about other things that may impact brain injury and the lived experience for other people, things like COVID-19, where people are forced to isolate. And when you are forced to isolate and you're already isolated because of stigma attached to brain injury, it really enhances those behaviours associated with your brain injury already. And we really want to just reach out and just offer our support even further that when you feel that you're in crisis mode or when you feel that you as a family are unable to support each other, that we are there. Our team is there to provide the service to you and we do understand. Um, Maybe we don't have the lived experience, but we do. We will come alongside to support you. Yeah, that's awesome. And just to to add on to what Desiree is sharing, um, if you do feel the need or desire to contact us, you can phone us on 06-878-6875 and you'll hear all of our team members listed through and you can click the right extension. Um, And we will, if we don't pick up the phone when you call, we will get that message and get back to you as soon as we do get it. Um, And one of the things that you shared, Desiree, that did stand out to me, and one of the experts actually shared about it, and he said that the person with the brain injury, be it a child, a young adult, an adult, an older person, the person is not the problem. The problem is the problem. And, And I think that's really important for us to think about kind of moving forward that actually the behaviours, the challenges that come from, from living with a brain injury, actually that's not the person. The person is is so much more than their injury and that's part of the mahi that we're doing out in our community is to re-engage our people that are living with a brain injury into our community and also to help our community to understand the challenges um, that these people face every single day that we often can't understand, don't understand, um, but just moving forward in a way that will grow in awareness and also compassion as we as we exist in our community all together. There were a whole heap of sessions that happened over the three-day conference, so often our team was split between different <laughs> sessions so that we could try and get as, as much knowledge and, and expertise and bring that back into our community. Desiree, was there anything on the first day that you... Um, the session that you attended that stood out that you'd like to share about? Yeah, and I think it's something that our team strongly promote, and that's collaboration. With brain injury, 
um, and the stigma attached to it, a lot of people feel that they're on a journey by themselves. I think um, sadly, some organizations feel that they need to be on the journey by themselves mm-hmm. alongside a client. So what came through strongly was collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. It's about all the organization in Hawke's Bay that we need to come together to provide services to our clients. So that came through really strongly from not only the client's perspective, because we don't hold all the answers, but we can surely direct people in the right direction. So, yeah, that was really partnerships and collaboration was strong words that came out on the first day. Absolutely. And so not only if you're listening and you may have experienced a brain injury, but also if you work for an organization or a school or anything in our community and you'd like to know more, then please just just pick up the phone or flick us an email. Um, you can reach me on educator at braininjuryhb.co.nz and we would love to hear from you and connect in um, as far into our community <laughs> as we possibly can. Uh, Katie and I had the great privilege of attending the concussion or mild traumatic brain injury session on the first day, um, which was mainly focused around young people, uh, teenagers, adolescents, young adults. Um, and what stood out to me was that they, the current statistics that they have is that one quarter will have experienced a concussion by the age of 16. And that often we associate concussion just with sport um, and that only 30% were actually sports-related injuries and up to 50% Um, And even more than 50% occurred just during recreational activity, doing the things that we we need and love to do. So it's, you know, this conference has only grown our our passion and desire to educate around concussion, um, which is part of our service. If you're not already aware, we run a concussion in schools program. Um, So that's a free education program for all our primary and intermediate age students where we come in and we talk to our tamariki about what is our brain, what does it do, how can we hurt it, and, and what do we need to do if we do hurt it, and just increase their understanding of, of what a concussion is and break down the stigma. Often we hear that um, we don't want to go and get checked out because we can't then play our sport or we can't then do all the things that we love to do, but it's actually, I mean, from our from our perspective, working in brain injury, we know the the positive impact that sport and all the things that we love to do have. So it's we're never going to say, don't ever play sport. That's not the angle that we're coming from. So it's just breaking that down a little bit and just learning how we can do that safely. Katie, was there anything that stood out to you from that concussion day? Yes, okay. Kate. One thing that stood out to me um, was that young people are vulnerable to head trauma as our brain is still maturing into our mid-twenties and the effects that that can have on people lifelong. So that was yeah something that stood out to me. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, I was actually talking to someone about that yesterday around... Um, back in the day that that you'd take a bit of a head knock and just dust yourself off and carry on and we're starting to see the impact that that has a bit later on in life so with new new research and evidence that we have now um, we can start to to keep ourselves safe and, and prevent further challenges from happening down the track. Desiree you did start to mention a little bit around the family side of things that that you learned about at the conference was there anything in particular that stood out to you in relation to families? Seems like I attended all the sad parts. (laughs) (laughs) So um, 
Um, actually, if it's okay, do you mind if I just talk on the concussion part first? Um, so I attended, just to add to the research, I attended the session around pink concussion, and that is actually concussion in women. And how hard it is. See, I intended all the, the hard ones. Um, on how hard it is for clinicians to differentiate between a concussion in a woman and somebody going through mental health because they spoke about the overlapping with the hormones and depression and is it the hormones and depression or did somebody actually have a brain injury and was it actually a concussion and therefore women actually present at hospital less mm. Because once again, now you've got the stigma of being a woman uh, attached. And so um, research again suggested that women are then included less in research and are excluded from research because of the influence of hormones on, on concussion and how that could be diagnosed. So I found that quite profound. Mm. So just with regards to the family... <laughs> So, yeah, um, and I think it's linking again, linking in again with other organisations as well because I attended the domestic and family violence and brain injury and the research was quite astounding once again in that it was found that brain injury was found in two in every five of victim survivor, survivors of domestic and family violence attending a hospital over a decade and that they had sustained a brain injury. I think sadly what we saw that um, quite a few of the, the women that presented was due to strangulation, um, but then the way they presented was that they, after being strangled, because they were disorientated, um, the people at ED assumed that they were drunk, and so they would then leave the hospital. So, um, yeah, which further exacerbated the, the situation. So it was, to me, that was a stigma on a stigma. I, you already were struggling with the fact that you stand coming out with regards to the fact that you've just been abused, and then there's another stigma attached with regards to brain injury. So, yeah, so lots of family stuff. And sadly, I think that's where the conference was quite strong on was with regards to taking the hidden and bringing it forward into clear sight because there's too much stuff happening in isolation. Absolutely. And I think um, on top of that, it just increases the importance of us as organisations working with the whole family and not just the person that may have experienced a brain injury. Uh, so we have recently this year um, restarted the Fano support group. So that is a support group for the carers, loved ones, um, those that are surrounding a person that has experienced a brain injury. And that is run by our amazing social worker, Shireen. Um, and it happens on the first Tuesday of every month so if that is something that you or you know someone that might benefit from um, please just phone us on 0687868875 and you can have a chat about it um, come in and Shireen will meet with you and then you could join that that growing group of people who are just 
um, so thankful to have a space that they can share, that they can be heard, um, and that we can all learn together. Ultimately, for us as as the workers of Brain Injury Association Hawke's Bay, we recognise that we're not the experts, that we're not the ones who are um, that know everything or understand everything, but rather that you're the expert, those that are living with the injury, those around them that are supporting them all the time, that, that you guys are the experts in your lives. And we're in a very privileged position to be able to listen, to be able to advocate and support in any way that we possibly can. Yeah, and to really say that, um, as much as we heard of the negative conversations with regards to family and family violence, there was so much positive stuff that came out with regards to Fano support, carer support, the extended friends, the families, the lived experience of the people that are there all the time supporting the loved one with a brain injury. And for us working alongside the people, with a brain injury and the family, we get but a snapshot. We get an hour of whatever time in a day, but the family and the loved one, that's their life, and we are so humbled to be a part of that. So, so yeah, the final support group, as Kate said, run by our amazing Shireen, a social worker. I, what was refreshing that was we attended a session at the conference called Positive Behaviour Support. And Shireen does so much amazing stuff on how our families can not just support their family member, but can actually do things to support their own well-being. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Desiree. Um, and the other thing that I just kind of has come to my mind, there was so much happening at that conference that it's almost almost <laughs> hard for us to try and fit it all into a half an hour radio show. Impossible even. Um, but just the importance of everything that we do being um, the needs, meeting the needs of, of those that we're serving in our community. So uh, one of the things that one of those uh, individuals with a lived experience shared was that everything we do, it needs to be by brain injury for brain injury. And what they mean by that is that the people with the brain injury are saying, hey, this is what it is that we're wanting. This is what it is that we need. Um, and I think that our peer support groups are absolutely um, a response to that need in our community. And those groups are run by our amazing liaison officer, Katie. <laughs> um, so we have our peer support groups run monthly and they run over Hastings, Taradale and CHB as well. So if you um, would like to join or hear more about our peer support groups, please just give Katie a call. Again, our same number, 0687868875. Our Hastings peer support group is coming up at the end of this month. It's on the last Thursday of the month, and that will be on the 28th of July. But again, if you want to hear about the dates, if you want to know when they're happening, or even just ask some more about it, um, please just give us a call. Those groups are an opportunity for those who um, have a brain injury, who have experienced a brain injury to come together to connect to share experiences and really just conversate you know be together and and connect and talk about the things that you want to talk about it's not something that we're going to direct um, as such but rather meet the needs that um, our community has and that our community 
shares with us, which we are so very grateful for. Well, I just want to thank Desiree and Katie for joining me today, um, for sharing some of the things that you've learned from this conference that we are bringing back to to embed into our work and to share with our community. Um, There will be some more information that we share on our Facebook and Instagram pages, and we might put some stuff up on our website as well. So make sure you're following along our Facebook page, which is Brain Injury HB. Um, Other than that, we will see you next month, and thank you very much for listening. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.